But we are going to look at a letter this morning that Paul wrote, like Ephesians. We're going to look at Galatians a little bit. But again, we're kind of working through some themes and some topics. And this morning's one is two words, or two things, boldness and gentleness. Boldness and gentleness. And you can say, well, which one do you want, Charlie? Because they're kind of different words in many ways, and they're, they can almost be opposite. But the thing is, as believers in Christ, I think we need to have both. And that becomes a tricky part. When do we do one or the other? Right? They don't work together as often, but there are times that we need to be bold, and there's times that we need to be gentle. And Scripture helps us with that in many ways. And knowing that will help you with relationships. Right? Can't always be bold, and I can't always be gentle, but knowing when to use those and how to effectively use that and to whom is part of what we're going to look at this morning. So if you have your Bibles, if not, Brandon's graciously got it up there on the screen or he'll have it. He's taking care of it this morning. He's doing single duty back there and kudos to him. Um, Paul wrote this letter to the church in Galatia. Um, It was early on in his ministry. It's an early letter and it's got some very basic core things. Again, Church was just kind of getting up and rolling. New believers, they needed some instruction. And there was always that wrestle between the Jews going back to Judaism and Christian believers and and that wrestle that was going on. But Paul is very practical in his teaching, especially early on to the church. like, hey, you need to do this, or you got to be careful about that. It's pretty direct, pretty lays it out there for you. Here's how you should act after you become a believer. And that's the, the key to it. It's as believers. And so this letter is written to believers. And so we have to look at it in that lens. So let's look to the scriptures and see where God leads us this morning. Verse 14, one of my favorite. It says, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not know what you want. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under law. Again, it's a great couple of verses because sinful desire, that internal struggle that we have, right? Our flesh and our own desires, sinful desires, versus what the Holy Spirit wants. And really, that's going to be the key to knowing when to be bold and when to be gentle, is being led by the Holy Spirit. Not by our flesh, but by the Holy Spirit. How is that Spirit telling us how to communicate? How is it telling us how to act? And again, it's a conflict. It's a wrestle. I mean, for me, it's moment by moment sometimes. It's, it, we're only like one conversation away from sliding into my sinful nature and doing what I want versus what God wants me to do. I think that is a struggle for the believer. It's a constant being connected to the Spirit, saying, what am I to do next? God, what do you want for me today? What do you want for me this morning? How do you want me to act? And being in tune to that, and being willing to be flexible enough to make those changes. A lot of times I have plans, and I have desires, and I think I'm going this direction, and all of a sudden God says, no, wait a minute, I want you to move over here, because there's something i got for you to do over here, and I've got to be willing to make that shift, that move, And even though I've got the plan, the plan's taking me in the wrong direction. And so God, allowing God to do that through the Holy Spirit is helpful 
but especially in conversations. Because, you know, conversations, when we're talking with people, they shift sometimes, right? You ever had that happen? You that are married, I know you have this happen, because we, we've all had that, right? We, we as husbands, we'll say the, the wrong thing or the dumb thing. And when we do that, all of a sudden, the conversation goes from going this direction to over here, and we're in trouble, in a hurry. And again, it gets derailed, and we very seldom get back to that point, right? That's one of those moments. I need the Holy Spirit. I need help with that to guide through that. But again, it goes beyond just marriage. It goes on to our conversations with each other, and particularly here in the body of Christ. Let's start with that first, because that's how we need to, to work through things as a body, as a church family. All right, here comes a hard list. This is a, a tough list. And remember, this is Paul's addressing things that are going on, or possible things that are going on in the church. He's going to describe that sinful nature. Verse 19, the acts of sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Pretty strong words, right? So is Paul being gentle with this? No. No, he's being pretty bold. He's putting it out there. That's, that's a pretty, well, they're not all up there, but that's a pretty rough list. If we had that going on on a Sunday morning, this would be mayhem in here. It would be pretty, pretty rough. And Paul's saying, I had this, this is the second time I'm telling you, hey, this can't be going on. This is giving in to the sinful nature. I think sometimes as believers, we need to be bold with each other. But we got to be careful. we got to be bold in the fact that if we see these sins, we need to be bold and call it out. Call it what it is. Paul's given us that list. But where does it really start? I need to know that these things are sin. I need to know that these things are wrong. Now, are wrong and pretty obvious. We'd be pretty hard-pressed not to know that those things are, are wrong and we need to do something about them. But how do we do it? And again, it's an ongoing battle. That, that flesh that's always wrestling, these things that are always there. Some are a little more subtle though, right? Some you could hide. Some you may not see. Or some have maybe just been going on for a little while in, in my life and I'm just, they're just coming to light, right? But again, look what it does to the body. Factions and envy and again, it, it divides. There's a lot of sexual sins listed there as well. Again, in today's world, those are hidden in many ways, but they cause problems. They cause division. They separate our relationship, and they're certainly not what the Spirit wants for us. All right, tough list. Verse 22 is that contrast, though. Stark contrast. So that list that he's gone through, all those things that are, are bad, we know that sinful nature. Now he goes over to the other side with the fruit of the Spirit. You may know this list. It may be familiar to you. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things there is no law. Again, I told you, list of rules. Early church, wrestling with that, that Jewish be, behavior, that, that law comes up is the list of rules. Right? That's that what goes through their mind. Well, if I do these things, then I'm going to be okay. If I just not 
do these things on the list. Remember, Jesus continually challenged that, right? It went way beyond the written rules, right? It was always going back to the heart. It goes back to that struggle that we all struggle with deep down in our hearts. My flesh or my fall in the spirit? That's where the battle is. It's down in our heart. And if we can just live by the spirit, we don't even have to worry about the law. We're not going to break the law. If we can just rest in that spirit and just do what the Holy Spirit tells us. But look at that list, right? Who wouldn't want that in your own life, but who wouldn't want that in our church family? Man, what a difference, right? I told you what the, the mayhem and the, the, the sin problems caused, but look at the, the fruits that we could live by that. If we had love, if there was constant joy, if there was peace, if we had patience with one another, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Gentleness, there's that word again, right? Gentleness. Here's where I think this gentleness comes in, and we're going to see it in a little while here because we're going to read a little bit further about dealing with some of those sin issues, but that gentleness is how we interact with each other. We need to be gentle, right? We're not all at the same place in life. We're not all struggling with the same things. Undoubtedly here this morning, if we, if we had whiteboards above our, our heads, there would be different things written on. I'm struggling with this today, or I'm thinking this today, or I'm I'm really just, I'm worried about this today. Whatever it is that would be above our head, it would be different. We come at it from different places, but we need to be gentle with one another. Now, I liken it to, like, right, when, when someone has come free of something, right, they've, they've overcome an area of their life, right, then they become, they can see it very clearly in everybody else, right? I, I use the, the ex-smoker is usually my example for that, right? Once they've quit smoking, all of a sudden, anyone else that smokes, it's like, oh, it smells so bad, I can't stand it, don't want to be anything around, right? <laughs> They're hard to be around if you're still wrestling with that. But again, you have to be gentle with them. They're not there yet. And sometimes we, we have a short memory. We forget, right, how long it took us to get to that point. Or maybe what it took to get to that point to break us of that. Again, that's just, just one of many examples, and it can apply to any of these. But can you imagine church family getting along, operating in the Holy Spirit with all these things. I haven't been there yet. I'm still waiting for that. I'm still working on that in my own life, but also in the church life. That peace, that joy. Again, we wouldn't have to worry about the list of rules then. Not going to worry about it. You're not going to break one of the laws if you're operating in the Spirit. He kind of hammers back down again. He says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. All right, saying, all right, if you're a believer, you got to kill, crucify those things. If you want, if you need to, go back to the list. I need to those things, but also those other things. And I always say those on the written law. Other things are the things that are contrary to the Spirit. Again, getting away from the written law, getting written away from the list of rules. The list could be easy, but my heart motivations are wrong. And guess what? That's a sin. We looked at that in James, right? If I know the good I ought to do and I don't do it, it's sin. Got to call it what it is. It's sin. And so I need to be proactive in that. I need to be bold in that. I need to really work at that with the help of the Holy Spirit 
identifying those things and saying, you know what, I need to continually work in the Spirit. And again, he says that in this next sentence. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I love that thought, keeping in step, right? As we're walking along in this life, as we're, we're going along, it's that step by step. And I, like I said, for me, it's that moment by moment. But it's a step by step. It's walking. It's a process. It's not a sprint. Really, it's not. Our Christian life is not a sprint by many ways. There, there are some things that change drastically, but there are things that just take time. And we need to continually walk and work. And it's a slower process. I got to keep checking in. I got to keep asking for forgiveness. I fell again. I slipped again. Let me get back up and get walking again with the Spirit. As I mentioned this morning, some people slipped out on the ice and you fall, right? And, you know, it's good that, that there were some people to help pick you up, some of you that had actually fallen. And it's slippery out there, right? Spirit's the same way. He wants to walk beside you, help you, pick you up, and, and, but keep walking. You still need to get to that destination. We still need to get there. So keep walking. Keep walking with the Spirit. I like the picture that gives. And then he goes back and back and forth again, as Paul does in many of his writings, the the contrast says, let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Again, back to that example, being careful to be gentle with one another. And these are things that would not be gentle, right? Provoking or tempting or kicking, you know, or kicking or prodding, I call it nudging sometimes, nudging, right? I used to have a, I had a little brother, and just like anyone, and when we were younger, I knew how to, to get him into trouble, and wouldn't take much poking and get him into a, a fight, get him, stir up his anger, right? We need to be gentle with each other, how we treat one another. Okay, I told you, that's what we need to do in our own lives. Now, what about as a church family, what if we see it in someone else's life? What if there's A sin problem, one of those things, maybe either written or unwritten, that we see with someone we love. Chapter 6 addresses that. Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourselves, or you may be tempted as well. Again, if someone's caught in a sin, we see something else. We see a sin in someone else, and it's a repeat thing, and it's a thing that's, that's going on. We need to be careful. We need to pray about it, and we need to be in a spot where we can actually speak into that person. I think one of the best ways to do that is to have a relationship with them, right? Now, I, I take advice much better from someone that I have a relationship with, someone that I know that loves me, somewhere I know that it's trusted. I'm probably better off to receive that than if it's just coming from the outside. Again, working with the Holy Spirit, and he's saying spiritual as well, but restore them gently, right? Gently. It's not, gently. It's not to, to beat them up over it. You can't, I, I've tried it. I, I've, I've done it, tried it. I've tried to, to beat it out of young men. I've mentored some young men. I've done some work with addiction. Try to beat it out of them. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It never works. You might be able to change your behavior for a time, but it, you're not, you're just touching the surface. Because you know what? It's a heart issue. It goes beyond that. Right? As much as, as much, and again, I'm not doing it for the right motivations either. Not being gentle. Usually I'm beating them on something so we even make the joke. I got a size 12 for a reason. I put it in a certain area to dislodge something so we can understand each other better. It doesn't work. 
I know some of you have tried it as well, but to be gentle, to walk alongside. Speak truth, be bold, call sin what it is, but be gentle, be compassionate, walk with them, pray with them, look for a heart change, look for restoration to help them to get back on track. Sometimes we need that. We need that, all of us, in our own walk. And really, that's part of the key is getting to that place of working in the fruits of the Spirit, right? Think about it. If you put that back into it, spiritually, all right, if I am loving, if I am full of joy and peace, if I'm being patient with that person, if I want his goodness and my goodness or the goodness of the body, then I'm going to be gentle with them. And I'm going to hold back some self-control. I'm not going to become conceited like I've got it all together and they don't. I'm not going to belittle them. I'm not going to provoke them, shame them, guilt them. I've tried all those. Those don't work. Just so you know, I'll just save the, the bump on your head. Doesn't work. Again, because we can't change hearts. Holy Spirit can. And again, walking with that person, loving that person will bring them about, that'll bring about that change. It may take a long time. We may have to be really patient with some folks. Some of us took a long time to get to that point. Some of us are still working to get to that point. And interestingly, this next verse, again, that, about that walking along, and I, I kind of put this the same with the, the Holy Spirit. He wants us to use, and God uses the Holy Spirit, and he uses us with that as well. And he says, carry each other's burden, and in this way you will fulfill the law for Christ. And the caution here is, if anyone thinks he's something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. For each one should test his own actions that he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. For each one should carry his own load. Again, checking our motivation, checking our heart. Right? You know, are we doing it with the right motives? Right? Yes, we do have to stand alone. We do have to answer to God for our own actions. But I think, I don't think I know, we're also going to have to answer for our actions that we didn't take. Right? And if God tells me to go into someone's life and to, to point something out and to work with them and to talk with them and to walk alongside of them and I don't do it, those are good he doesn't do sin. So guess what? I'm going to have to give an answer for that because I wasn't obedient. I wasn't walking in the Spirit. So again, that working together. And again, being careful that our own pride doesn't take in there or that we think that we've got it all together and that person doesn't. Because guess what? There's areas in our lives that we probably we, we need help with as well. So we can do that together and we can share that experience and we can grow closer together. So that's a lot about gentleness. And again, there's, a, there's some hints of boldness in there. But let's take a look at another passage that may help us with the bold part of it. And again, some of the heroes of the faith, it's good to, to look at that. And so if you have your Bibles, flip back a little bit to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. We're going to go back there again. So, but again, timing is, is very similar. It's the early church. They're just getting started. They're just starting to, to gather the believers now. The day of Pentecost has come. And guess what? They had opposition back then. Again, they had the same struggles, struggling with their flesh. But the church is starting, and, and again, it's that, that, so what do we do now? We're saved. We're believers. What do we do now? How do we affect this culture? How do we walk in this now? How do we behave? Right? Not, not much has changed. We have the same struggle. 
One other tidbit before I, I move on from gentleness to boldness a little bit. I, I forgot to mention a little bit about being gentle. We have to be careful that in the world that we don't try to, to affect them the same way. It's nothing more frustrating than to tell the world what sin is when they don't, ha- they don't know even who Jesus is. Right? Let's just save that frustration. Talk about really frustration. Trying to expect the world to behave as believers when they don't know Christ. I always, there's two purposes of the church. The mandate hasn't changed, right? Share the gospel. Salvation first. Then make disciples. It's a really good reason for that. If you try to make disciples out of non-believers, it doesn't work. There's nothing there. There's no spirit within them. There's no reason to make changes. And they're only going to do what's right in their own eyes. So we have to be really careful with that. And that's an area where I think we have to be careful not to be too bold in. Right? As believers, if we try to be bold in the world and try to fix things out there or identify sin or tell people about sin who haven't got the first part down, haven't had salvation, it's a fool's errand in many ways. It's not going to affect change because they don't have the heart. They don't have the, the tools to even make it so. It's always a caution. Right? Again, these are written for believers. The Bible's written for believers in Jesus. We need that. All right, Acts chapter 4. That was a bonus, and I didn't want to lose that thought while I was, I was thinking it. But again, about being bold. And again, we're talking about the apostles here. In fact, they've just come out of court, and they've been just told they cannot preach the gospel anymore. Right? They've told, no, you can't. You can't do that anymore. You've got to stop. Cease. You cannot preach anymore. The gospel, you've you got to stop it. Again, they have this burning desire, their heart's desire, and you have that wrestle, right? Spirit of the flesh. Guess what? Peter, John, great early believers, they had that same wrestle. And so in verse 29, say 29? Yes, good. They did what, what your power and your will decided beforehand should happen. Again, the apostles are talking about the apostasy of what was laid out before them. It says, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. All right? Peter and John are saying, Hey, I know what they said, and they're telling me that I can't do that, but my spirit is telling me, Lord, you're telling me that you want me to preach boldly. Preach boldly. But what are they preaching? The gospel, the good news. That's what they're preaching. That's what they're sharing. They're not saying, oh, we need to overthrow the government. We need to change this law. Again, there's, and fighting on toes here maybe a little bit, but we've got to be careful that we don't fall in the same boat. Sometimes we get distracted in fighting causes and we forget about the main purpose, the goal, share the gospel, and then make disciples. Those two purposes. And so that's what they're, they're charged with, with being bold in speaking the gospel. Verse 30 says, stretch out your hand and to heal and perform miracles, signs, and wonders through the name of our holy servant Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God boldly. Right? God moved so much on their hearts that they, they moved the building, but it also moved their hearts to the point where they were able to speak the word boldly. 
Not only preaching to the believers, but preaching to non-believers and being able to share the gospel. Right? It takes courage, it takes boldness to share the simple message of Jesus Christ. It does. I'm not denying it. I've done it many times, but you know what? It's still, it takes a moment. I have that moment of fear. I have that moment of, of hesitation. Because it takes courage. It takes boldness. And we can, we can talk ourselves out of it. I, at least I can. I can talk myself out of it in, in two minutes flat. Right? You know, oh, I mean, you know, this person may reject me. Maybe it's not the right time. Maybe I'll mess it up. Maybe I won't tell it right. All from the devil. When God tells me to share, I need to share. And I need to have that, that, that walk in the Holy Spirit that, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. At, at any risk, I want to be bold and just share my faith with that person. Again, if I don't, I've missed opportunity. I've not done what the Spirit's told me. I've sinned. So being bold in our faith means taking a risk, being courageous enough to share that faith with someone. Gospel. And looking with you, I'm here, especially on in the early church. Again, I, I can't say that that'll happen with you, that, that things will, will grow. I can't even tell you that they're going to accept it. But you know what? God wants our hearts to be willingness, to be obedient, to share it. But here, look what happened. It's great. It's a miracle. It says, all the believers were of one heart and one mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own. But they shared everything they had. Remember that list? That list I said, the goal, right? The fruits of the Spirit? It was taking place. It was actually in action here. They were all of one mind. You know why? Because they were loving each other. There was joy. Their hearts had been open, right? There was peace. There was patience. There were things that were going on. The Holy Spirit was moving so powered in these people's lives. You know what? No one even had needs. They were so in tune with each other. They knew, and they were meeting people's needs almost instantaneously. The word was spreading. The, the unity was coming together. There was no fractions. There was no arguments at this point. Again, that beautiful picture of the church and the way it's supposed to be, the bride of Christ. It's coming to fruition here. It goes on here. I'm just going to go on a little bit more. It says, with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them all. There were no needy persons among them, and from time to time those who owned lands or houses sold them brought the money from the sales and put it at the feet of the apostles, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. And again, if you hadn't read that story in a while, continue on, because it it's even better. Church continues to grow, and they continue to expand, they continue to reach out. But the boldness came from just speaking the simple message. Right? The simple message that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, that he was buried, and then he rose again. Preaching the resurrection. All we have to do is accept it. That's the payment for our sins. Past, current, and future. What a great message. And all I do is be bold. So, as you know, I like to challenge a little bit. Again, gently. I use that word again. But I, I want to nudge you a little bit. 
When was the last time you shared your faith? I've asked the elders this and continue to ask them, and they're probably getting annoyed with me asking the question, but again, it's a reminder because we need to remember what we're doing as well as examples. But yeah, when was the last time you shared the gospel with someone? When was the last time you were bold enough to do that? All right, that's one. That's the boldness part. What about the gentleness part? When was the last time you came along your brother or your sister in Christ and gently work to restore them? Maybe there's an area in your life or maybe there's been something that's happened between you. Maybe you haven't been as loving as you could be to that brother or sister. When was the last time you came alongside them and said, you know what, let's work this out. I love you. Please forgive me. Or you know what, hey, maybe I see you're struggling over here. How can I help you out? How can we get past this? How can we restore this relationship? Two big things. It'll take some boldness. It'll take some spirit-led. It'll take some work in your own heart before you can even attempt either one of these two. That's my prayer and that's my challenge for this week. Share your faith. Work on restoration of relationships. Bow with me, please. Oh, Heavenly Father, we are in such need of your grace and your mercy. Lord, as the scripture says, to walk step relationship with the Spirit. Oh, Lord, help us to do that. Help us to be so in tune and in such a relationship that we hear your voice clearly in our hearts for each move, each word, each conversation that we have. Lord, continue that work in my life, in our church life. And beyond, Lord, as we reach out to those who do not know you as Lord and Savior. Lord, help us to do that with power, with conviction, with boldness. Lord, we just love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.